Well, hello and welcome back once again to another enlightening episode of our podcast, where we explore the depths of human potential and uncover the secrets to achieving extraordinary success. Today, we're going to dive into a topic that's often overlooked in the pursuit to self-excellence, and that's mindset. Well, good morning, everyone. How's everybody doing? So let me give you a little bit of background on this. Uh, we've all been told that, you know, one of the keys to success in life is to, you know, focus on the skills that you have, learn the right skills, and, and that'll bring you success. Uh, however, I think that we can probably challenge that in some ways because I think that's kind of a false narrative. And then one of the things that I want to say about that is, you know, yes, the skills you have will help you with your success, but I really think the overall skill that you need to work on versus skill set is mindset. In today's podcast, that's really what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about just challenging that conventional wisdom uh, and, and explore a little bit more about the transformative power of mindset, which I think is a key component of it. So we'll look at, you know, what is a growth mindset look like? Why is that important? How it can be empowering to you and how it helps you be able to embrace change and also handle challenges. And then also work your way through the setbacks that you may have as you work your way down the road of success and, you know, be able to reset yourself and continue to move forward, cultivate that resilience and just have what you need to deal with adversity as you move forward. So whether you are an inspired entrepreneur, a student or someone who just simply wants to take their personal self to that next level, stick around because we're going to get into talking about why it's more important to have a stronger mindset and not just a strong skill set. With that said, uh, I'd like to go ahead and uh, Vince, have you share a little bit when someone comes to you and they say mindset, what do you think of? What does that mean to you when you hear someone say mindset? Thanks, Brian. You know, over the years, as I've been developing my own mindset and beliefs in terms of how it helps me improve in my professional and personal career. There's there's so much research out there around mindset. And when you compare a growth mindset versus a, let's just say a fixed mindset, you know, to me, that entails the ability for one to be resilient and change and challenge themselves and to take all of those beliefs that we grew up with as well as uh, all those programming, you can call it, and question it. And questioning it in the, in, in the way that we recognize when we hit some of those, those roadblocks and those challenges and we hit those failures or whatnot, it, it allows us to really reflect in and think about, you know, why is it we believe the things we do? Um, what does that mean as we evolve and change and um, be a better leader and then you know how do we constantly improve ourselves and 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 cause reflection on on um you know how we treat ourselves how we interact and treat others what are some of the uh, components to um, living your most fulfilled life and then, of course, the big thing for me as a parent is how do I help my kids become more resilient to believe that they are the, you know, uh, they have the ability to, you know, 
be their own destiny and whatnot. And then on the skills side, you know, skills, you learn this in school, you learn about um, all the different types of things. I view skills as um, the ability to master some of the basic things. And then, of course, other things related to certifications or um, one's ability to, you know, put it on their resume. And bringing it all together, you know, if you had to pick one or the other, which I feel like we often kind of pit them skills versus mindset. In the end of the day, I think you need them all. You know, skills are skills, mindset is mindset. But mindset piece is the component which which evolves across it all. Without a mindset or a growth mindset or whatever you want to call it, you know, it's 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 beyond skills. It's beyond knowledge. It's um, it's really resiliency. I agree with that 100%. Vince, you hit on a couple of key things that I really want to come back and talk about, but I'll go to Erica next. I want to get have her share her perspective on when someone comes to her and talks about mindset. What what does that mean? What are, what are some of the first things that she thinks of? So Erica, how about you show a little bit about just your perspective for mindset? When you start talking about mindset, you're really delving into um, a frame of reference many people don't want to go into. When you when you ask what your current mindset is, that forces a person to actually sit down and think about their present mind. And the thing about your present mind is that it's made up of a lot of past experiences. So people may want they may know where they want to go, but to actually sit down and do the evaluation on where their mind is and what they need to do to take it to the next level. Most people don't want to do that work because they don't want to think about where they've been and where they are now. Um, they aspire to have a, a, to reach certain goals, to have a certain lifestyle, to reach a certain point in their career, but or, or parenting, they, they want to be a certain type of parent. But then you have to confront who you are and for most of us, that's very, very painful and uh, not just painful, but also time consuming to work through those, work through those things. So when people ask me about a mindset, well, first of all, you have to sit down and acknowledge where your mind is right now and make a list of um, opportunities that you can, um, that you can explore to address whatever's going on with your current frame of reference, your current mind. That would be, in my opinion, the first step. And then from there, you can start developing the others. But most people, they know that they want to do something different or have a different experience, but to face where they are in their minds right now, it's very difficult. I absolutely agree with you. And there's a couple of things too that you hit on that I certainly have that I made a note of I want to talk about. But Chris, I'll have you share next uh, just to give us some ideas of from your perspective, uh, mindset and what that means to you. Well, first, good morning, everybody. First of all, um, if you're looking at mindset from just its base definition, it's your mental attitude or inclination and really evolves around um, your belief system and how you see yourself within the world and the, uh, I guess, to a, a little more deeper degree, um, what what your perspective on um, 
how you affect the world, how the world affects you. Um, one of the things uh, I think we've, we've actually covered on this in the past and some of our uh, previous modules was it's sometimes, you know, a lot of it, uh, and I'll touch on with the, what Erica said, a lot of it is, has to do with how you were, your, how you were raised, um, some of the things that your parents and, and the, the people that your elders instilled in you. Um, do you, ha- do you, do you, you know, one of the things I always talk about when we talk about young people is, um, do you have dreams? Um, were your dreams fostered? Um, you'd be surprised how many um, young people that are running around that their parents didn't see the, they didn't see the benefit of fostering some dreams. You know, let's just say the kid says, you so say you're a child and you want to, you all of a sudden get, I want to be a policeman. And your parents say, no, 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 policemen are bad or, you know, you know, firemen are, are, are bad or, or, or stuff like that. But it's really about, you know, I, I honestly, the one thing my parents did do for me is they did allow me to dream, um, you know, and I thought that that was probably the, the best thing that they could do for me. But the thing that also had it needed to come in there was the discipline of those dreams. Um, now, obviously, Bench touched on earlier with mindset. There's two different, there's actually two different types of mindset. There's a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. Now, when I saw that, I immediately thought, well, I'm a growth mindset guy because I always look for infinite possible, you know, infinite possibilities of what can be. And that, and I actually use that to drive me today. Um, and I think if you uh, look at it, uh, so let's just go a versus standpoint skills versus mindset um i think your mindset will take you a hell of a lot further than your skills will take you in life thanks for sharing that chris and that's interesting that you you know had that perspective about um it taking you further and we're going to dive a little bit deeper into that before we do i can only just kind of my thought on you know mindset and erica kind of touched on it too i think the key component with mindset is um it's tied to self-belief and also maybe some of the self-limitations that you may have for yourself because uh, I think a lot of the times that's where we get stuck, and especially when we're talking about developing a growth mindset, and that is tied to, as you said, Chris, uh, dreams, <laughs> having dreams, having goals and objectives that you want to work towards, right, um, that are for you, not for others. And I think that's the other key component of it, that that's part of the mindset piece is really starting to understand and parse out what it is that is important to you in your life and where you're trying to go in the directions you, you would like to go and that you're not doing it for others necessarily or for someone specific or because society says or this is the norm and those types of things. So that's where I believe a lot of the what I call a growth mindset really is rooted in that is figuring out, A, from a self-awareness standpoint, what is important to you and... Uh, moving from there to start to take the action, formulate a plan and, and, and move yourself forward. I think that's the key component to it. What I do want to go back to, and, and Vince, I'll start with you because you mentioned your kids and the responsibility that you feel you have there to kind of help them start down that road. Um, so I, I want to actually bring this back to our educational system because when we've talked a little bit about our educational system in the past and a few other episodes, is there a responsibility or should there be a responsibility somewhere along the line in our educational system to be responsible for 
not just teaching skills, but talking about things like mindset and setting goals and, uh, and supporting your dreams and that kind of thing? Or do you think that swim lane should strictly be to parents and grandparents and other influential people in, in the children's lives? I'd be curious to hear your, your perspective on that, Vince. You know, at the end of the day, it all comes back to that conversation around culture. And when I think of a what a culture kind of encapsules with a supporting a growth mindset, you know, that really, well, one, it's it, creates a culture on inclusivity so that everyone feels like they're a part of something, you know, and they're supported by it. So when you talk about the culture on education and you talk about a shift that I've been seeing in the fact that, for example, you know, uh, my kids go to charter schools, you know, they were really engaged in that because when I looked at how they were preparing the students to take ownership there's a concept called uh, student-led visioning, and it's it's a little it's what's well, actually very different from the more traditional uh, education system. And not, not to say that well, I wouldn't want to say one is better than the other, but it's different. Uh, and the idea is that, from my belief, we look at uh, teachers, not in the traditional sense, they're facilitators, and so there's a component of supporting, um, encouraging, um, helping you know, students kind of get to what the goals that they are setting versus the goals to which the teachers or school is setting on behalf of the students. Because there's there's that piece of it. And then the other piece about it is, as we all know, peer-to-peer -peer learning. You know, I learn more from my peers than I think from, from uh, other sources because there's a level of, you know, it's, there's the control side of things is, uh, you know, it's not, they're, they're you're trying to help each other out and grow, especially when you're trying to foster this whole idea of collaboration and works well with others and can communicate and a team player and all those things too. So, you know, kind of cultivating that mindset around that piece is really important too. But at the end of the day, when we talk about growth mindset, it has to come from the individual. The individual has to believe that they are the navigators their own destiny and they have the ability to persevere through it all um, but they also have to feel supported throughout the entire system too um, i think it's my final comment on this one too is is when you think about education you think about the evolution and the why it was created to the way it was that's where i'm seeing a lot of changes you know when i look at some of how systems are have been evolved in other regions or other countries too that's indicative of this need for even the education system to have a growth mindset and evolve. And you see that through, through different adoptions of um, programs like design thinking. You know, that was something that was fairly uh, new when we were supporting it almost 20 years ago, um, because the primary reason around that was to support students' ability for critical thinking, which it's my belief is being heavily embedded in a growth mindset. So I had a follow-up question to that, Vince, because we you, you started talking about culture when you mentioned that. And one of the things that, you know, I think kind of follows on with that is generational cultures from the standpoint of, you know, you go back to the 50s and it was traditional, go get a job at the factory or the, the marketing company down the street and you work there 30 years and retire. And that's the 
the, the strand of life. And obviously we moved on generationally and now we're talking about millennials or Gen Z and now moving on to Gen A. Um, and I think that's shifted. So from a culture and from a generational work process, do you feel that there is some things that we can do from a corporate organization wise to better support our people and groom and grow be prepared for how a lot of the younger people, their mindset is different about their approach to the job or, and maybe leaning from there into personal development. You know, there's never been a time in history where our youth, well, all of us have access to so much information and knowledge and, and, you know, we could throw in the whole conversation around AI, too, in terms of that skill. You know, we no longer need um, <clears throat> many of the different job functions or skills today um, to be able to really analyze and create and spit out quality reports or whatnot using AI. Uh, we, we, anything. It's just it's impressive to, you know, see how technologies impact our lives. And so when I think of our current student population today, and I think about the ability for, for them to be able to harness and master all of this information. Um, and then I reflect back on how our education system was developed for that post-war industrial based component of just following the lines and do what you're told and, and be in that career um, job because it was stable. You know, and, and that stability provided that opportunity because you would then retire and have your pension and whatnot um, versus today's mindset, which is, you know, it's about um, growth. It's about change. It's about trying different jobs and having many different lives, career lives, um, being a digital nomad and all these things and doing it really well and making good money. You know, it's, um, it's interesting when you reflect on the aspirations of a lot of our youth to become YouTubers versus what when we grew up or our parents or our grandparents it was to be a doctor a lawyer so it's clearly if you look at the generational differences based on you know well, what does that mean and and how do you aspire to be um there's a lot of of conflict between what our grandparents and our parents think we should do versus what we will do in the future agreed so Eric, I'm going to come to you next, and I'll tell you what my question is, just kind of following up on where Vince left off with that, is I know that, Eric, a lot of the work that you do um, outside of work, but still related to work, has to do with working with a lot of organizations similar to, you know, the, what you supported today. Um, and so I'm just curious, obviously, you interact with a lot of people, different ages, uh, different career backgrounds, et cetera. When you're dealing with these organizations, working with these individuals, what is the general uh, thing that they really focus on or you hear them talk about the most? Is it sharing knowledge and skill set or is it more talk about uh, mindset and, and what's, how to be stronger and how to evolve yourself? I'm just curious to hear uh, kind of what your experience has been when you're working in those circles. Now, the big... Um the big uh, emphasis has been on uh, mental health and really controlling, um, managing, I'm oh, pardon me, this noise will come through in a minute, <laughs> live action. <laughs> but um, the emphasis really has been on mental health and being able to uh, become resilient and understanding that although you're resilient, 
you have power in your no, and you really need to respect your own no. And the same way we teach everybody to respect other people's no's, we have to um, be more mindful in respecting our own no and, and being uh, very protective of our own boundaries. That's been really the, a big theme. I was listening to what you all had been discussing earlier about the children. And I'm a big proponent of compulsory pre-K three, pre-K four, and uh, it it heart it it touched my heart to see a lot of our uh, military officers engaged in a public service announcement. They did some videos about why it's important to national defense to have pre-K three, pre-K four available for everybody, kindergarten available to everyone for free, and that that is essential. Uh, for us to provide them a, a labor force that is educated early. They, they could see the advantages for our country. And, but the same thing goes not just in uh, the military or businesses related to military, the military, but all aspects of our community, our, of our labor force, having uh, children taught at an early age about um, emotions, about decision making, about um, mindset, how to speak to themselves, how to breathe um, when they're feeling certain emotions, how to pause, how to respect other people's no's and to respect the power in their no. If we can start teaching children that at three, four and four, and not just for children that are rich, but children who live in uh, public housing developments, children who are unhoused, children who are all around the world. And again, live action. But children everywhere, everywhere need to be given this skill set. And I think it's important that we do that because it's the right thing to do. But even if you're not interested in the right thing to do, it's the smart thing to do for our communities in general, for our, our labor force, um, our national defense. It's, it's what's right, but it's also what's smart. So, but back to your question, what the big push has been, it's been about really working on your mind and protecting your mind, protecting your sanity, protecting um, everything that you've used to get to this point in life, protecting that. Because you can teach, everybody has a talent. You can teach a skill. Everybody's born with some natural skills already, but you can teach people how to make a living that's you know monkey see monkey do you can do that but what do you have to get people involved in real early it's beneficial to get them involved at, at real early is that whole mindset how to protect your mind how to protect your mind from the things around you that's coming at you to destroy you or destroy your mind but that in every organization that i've been working with in the last several years that has been the big push. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, I think that's important. And you know, we we actually did an episode specifically talking about what I call mental fitness, right? I think that's a key component. So, Chris, I'm going to come to you here in just a moment to talk about that piece of it because, you know, I think it's something you can relate to. You as as you shared in the past, just your challenges you had over the last few years and how you've had to a work on strengthening that mental fitness piece so you could continue to move towards that growth mindset and moving yourself in the right positive directions. So 
what whatever you're willing to share with the audience about what that journey's kind of been like and why it's been really relevant for you, I think, to really, uh, as you say, flex that mental fitness muscle so that it can continue to feed into uh, your personal growth and the directions and, and achieving your goals and objectives as, as you move forward. It's interesting you would call on me for this portion of the, uh, the program um, because you do know it's a big thing with me and my mental fitness and um, some of the challenges. I mean, I've faced challenges my entire life, but it just seems like this last couple of years of challenges, this, uh, the pocket of challenges that I've had to deal with and how much it has really forced me to look at my overall mental fitness, um, my mental acumen, uh, things of that nature, and how I've had to really make that a top priority in what I consider my, my still ability to ascend in life, um, how that's driving that whole aspect of me. You know, it used to be, you know, like I said, we, I learned to work from my grandfather. He was the my he was my model. Even though my dad was a my dad was a pro athlete, uh, different different dynamic. I didn't see him all the time in his element, but I saw my grandfather and my grandmother in her element. She was a uh, welfare supervisor, so I saw those mechanics and how they operated. Now a little bit of background: they're both ex teach school teachers. Uh, and educators, they actually ran a group home at a certain point in time. So that, I think that that's where a little bit of that rubs off on me. So they were dealing with youth and how to shape those young minds. And then, of course, along the process, I, I come along and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in that group, right? Even though I'm not in the group home, I've been drafted into that mindset of, of creating these positive, um, these positive images of how I should behave, how I should approach work, how I should uh, approach other human beings in the interactions. Um, a little bit of an example, another example is we weren't allowed to speak slang in my house. So whenever, you know, you, you know, you're in the street, slang comes out. So of course you bring it back to the house and grandma's like, not having it. We, we don't talk like that in here, you know, and it got to the point where they didn't even say anything. I just got to look. And you, I was conditioned after a while to know what the look was. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah. What I meant to say was, so consequently that little exercise, that probably was over the course of a you know two or three year period that formed the way I talk on a day in and day out basis. Um, and for me, um, I'm kind of driven by being, by wanting to be, um, to have people clearly, to communicate clearly with, other people, but more importantly, to have them understand me in a more clear and concise method. So I, a lot of times I, when I listen to people talk to me and I hear, you know, the English language is so vast and expansive that word, there's so many words that are interchangeable. And if you don't have a strong command of the English, you know, the English language, then sometimes you actually kind of, you, you, well, for one, you're going to have trouble communicating with certain people because they're not going to. You're going to. You're going to bring in more questions than you're going to provide answers. So that's kind of a big one on my part. But the fact of the matter is, one of the things that through all those that conditioning, because that's part of the the pers that's part of the perspective. I think that on that level, I can talk to almost anybody, and that is one area. You know, 
we all have insecurities, right? Let's be clear on that. It's a question of how they manifest. But one area that I feel fairly secure in is when I'm talking to people um, that maybe their skill level is higher than mine, but I think I can hold my own in those conversations and in those rooms. And I think that that's something that is not paid, is, is not given enough emphasis when we talk about, because I always go back, you're gonna, I'm going to be clear, I'm going to always go back to young people because they're, you know, they, they, they drive the bus. I'm hoping that these young folks, you know, really start to step up and, and understand their place in society, which is you guys have power because you have strength in numbers. But I don't think a lot of times you guys, are, the, way, the way the internet is, they don't see coming together, you know, for, you know, better causes. So, um, you know, that's the one thing I really kind of keep my eye on when, when I'm, when I'm doing what I'm doing and what, and more importantly, that's what drives me every day. Um, like I said, we, you know, the, you know, off camera, uh, we got some things we're working on, um, some technical things, some life things. This is a part of it. And I'm so grateful that I'm in, I'm in the, the company that I'm in every day because I get a chance to grow leaps and bounds almost on a daily basis. So I get challenged. Winnie, Vinny, you and I were talking about that yesterday. The cha the challenging part of, you know, friendships, you know, you, your friends challenge you, Brian, you challenge me at times. And sometimes it's a little, it's for a, for a brief moment, it's a little off-putting, but then you lock, you relock back into the fact that this is something actually the uncomfortableness of this really is creating brain cells and promoting growth. If you choose to look at it that way, if you look at it from the other way, then you don't you don't get anything out of it. And I choose to, you know, we go back to the mindset thing. My mindset is I don't get stuck in that moment. And I and I rise to the idea that I have a, you know, if whether it's Brian or whether it's you, Vinny, that I've got these people around me to propel me forward. And that's my mindset. Excellent, Chris, thanks for sharing that. You know, that's an important piece of it. Uh, there's several things that you kind of touched on that I wanna uh, kind of elaborate a little bit on. One of them was you were talking about communication. And I think that's, a, that's an important piece of uh, the whole growth mindset thing and in two ways. Uh, one piece of it is obviously whatever your world around you is, so what is in your universe and what type of communication are you receiving? What type of reinforcement are you receiving in your own universe is one piece of it and how that's being received on your side. The other thing is self-communication, that self-talk piece of it. What are the conversations that you're having with yourself as you go through the process? Um, I think that also matters greatly uh, as to uh, your, your personal thoughts, your personal beliefs about mindset. So Vince, I want to add a question for you because, you know, in your earlier thing, you were also talking a little bit about um, the family and then how that's now transitioned into, you know, generational things as we move forward. What are your thoughts uh, as, as we do move forward with growth mindsets and those types of things with all of the new technology and all of the new career opportunities that, that are out there, where does that fall? Where does it lie to uh, make sure that we are talking about these things? Is it just self-education that we need to be focused to? Is it 
getting involved in groups and organizations like the ones that Erica supports? Is it a hybrid of all of these things? Well, how do you see this plan out for the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years? Mm. So there's some interesting data to show that in the next 20, I think it was 20 to 25 years, we will have 2 billion folks in the age of retirement. They're the, the basically the, one of the largest populations of our generations and the baby boomers will be essentially retiring. And along with that also, um, unfortunately passing away. So you know, what does that mean for our greater economy, both nationally and internationally? And you know, how do we really allow our current youth to maintain, sustain and grow uh, all aspects of our economies. And it's it's fascinating when you bring it back to mindset and you bring it back to education, you bring it back to, you know, it's my belief that having our youth interact with our kupuna in Hawaiian, which is, you know, seniors, uh, is really valuable. But like Chris, I was I was also raised by my my grandparents as well. And I value that immensely because it allows me to work with and be with and sit with and respect um, our older generations and, and vice versa. You know, it's, you think about it as, as a, a, a youth growing up with the more fixed mindset, you're coming out as a growth mindset because everything's new. And so you're, you're teaching each other. And, you know, so many times I see a lot of the grandparents and, and whatnot, just enjoying being around it because they're learning such new things. I think that's really where Erica was kind of talking about the mental health side. It's the ability to be vulnerable. That piece is so important when you think about um, how do you approach in a way and, you know, it comes down to it. I think it really comes down to everyone. But, but as a society, as a culture, how do you create and allow all that? Because, you know, for, for many, when you have or you're feeling vulnerable or feeling like you have this, you know, fixed component of like, I can't change or I won't change because of fear or ego or insecurities. That's, that's the part where it gets really difficult. And that's the part where, you know, I believe it's up to all of us as an inclusive culture, both you know, nationally or whatever. We all need to embrace that because, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's really to support all is to include all is to um, just know that it's okay not to know. It's an, it's okay to not quite understand or feel like technology is a great barrier, but um, that's why we have classes. That's why we have other things. That's why we need to push more towards educating all generations, not just our youth. Same for me, you know, you brought up about grandparents and uh grandparents for me and also great grandparent, which was, I was fortunate enough to have that in my life as well. And I remember when I was young, I, I thought my grandfather, specifically my dad's dad could walk on water. I mean, I, it, was, it was just being that if, to me was just uh, so, so huge and larger than life. Um, and then uh, just another story I'll share, just talking. And I think that the thing that's been the common thread we've kind of heard as we've talked about this, when we talk about growth mindset, right? Um, is resilience and having some resilience. And a lot of that is because of 
uh, you have to push forward, you have to push through things, and there's going to be some discomfort. There's going to be a lot of uncertainty that you have to deal with as you, as you continue to grow and evolve. Uh, so having the resiliency to, to work your way through that is, is an important thing. Whenever I get in that space of, you know, kind of feeling like uh, maybe I'm overwhelmed or uh, this is too much, I think about my great-grandmother who lived to be 102. Um, and she was born, though, in 1881. So you think about that from 1881 to 1983, all of the things that literally changed in her life that as a child did not even exist from electricity to the phone, to cars, to automobiles, TVs, to radio, to flying in an airplane. I mean, the right to vote, the right to vote. As a woman. I mean, just so much changed in the span of her lifetime. And I'll never forget the first time she actually flew on an airplane. She was 96 years old. So imagine what that must have been like in her mind at that age, right? So whenever I'm in that moment of not being able to say, you know, kind of feeling like oh, this is too much or I, I can't take another step, I always kind of reflect back on what she probably experienced in her life and the change and the growth and just, you know, picking herself up and going straight at it and trying to move forward and learn the new way. Um, and that's always kind of given me this extra boost, or extra amount of strength. So I think that's the key piece, Vince, that you mentioned when you're talking about having that opportunity to engage with, as we call them here in Hawaii, Kapuna, but our, our seniors, because there is such a knowledge base and such a wealth of information that you can gain from being in, engaged with, with those people. That said, Eric, I have a question for you, because I know you do uh, some work in this area, especially with um, your actual business, with the estate planning and, and, and those types of things. So looking at that, when you talk to people and what is their general mindset when they're looking at legacy? Well, just recently, more a broader spectrum of the public has started to think about it. Um, lots of times people would, when you talk about estate planning, they'd say, oh, well, I'm not rich. I don't have anything to leave behind. Well, everybody does, right? You have your, you have your whole legacy of who you are, not just about money, but you want to make sure that you pass on what your values are. Like you mentioned your grandmother and everything that she had seen. And, well, you want to share the mindset with your children and your grandchildren. If, if you're blessed enough to be able to know your great-grandchildren, them as well. Um, it goes back to if you can impact children very young, you can help direct that whole trajectory of their life about how they feel about themselves and how they see the world. So I think that as grownups, all of us have that opportunity to impact the lives of those young people. As far as when people come to me and they start talking about their legacy and what they leave behind, um, they always reference, you know, their children and their grandchildren. And they don't necessarily reference first money, because a lot of people think that they don't have a whole bunch to, to leave, right? But they always uh, reference what they want the future generations to know about them. So my suggestion is everyone take out a piece of paper on a quiet day and just write out, what do you want, you know, your Brian to know, your Chris to know, your Vince to know, your Erica to know, what do you want them to know way after you're gone? You know, I, when you're talking about your grandmother, I was like, oh, wouldn't that have been great to get some, somebody would have been just the journalist asking her questions? Because I am interested in knowing how she felt when she got the right to vote. 
<laughs> That's wild, right? You born in the 1800s. So she had to be like 40 years old before she, almost 40, before she got the opportunity to go to the ballot and do that. So she was a part of seeing that whole suffrage. She was a part of seeing black women wanting to participate in the suffrage movement and a few white women saying, nah, you know, and then them doing that. Whole, she saw all that. Like, how marvelous is that? Like, yeah. So we have an opportunity now knowing what we know about uh, as grownups, about our grandparents and some of the opportunities that we missed of writing stuff down and, and videotaping them. We have that opportunity to do that for our, our grandkids, our, our great grandkids. Yeah, I think that's a, a key component of it is to be able to, to, to share those things and reach back and bring those things forward from a legacy standpoint. Uh, I recently met a gentleman here who uh, it's very interesting. We're, we got to just talking and we we're talking about my podcast and some, some other things. And um, we're roughly the same age and, you know, he has kids and he's got uh, a couple of young grandkids and he you know, learn that I do have this YouTube thing that I'm doing. He said, oh, really? He says, yeah, I, I just started doing YouTube as well. He says, and I was like, wow, okay, that's awesome. He says, well, what's interesting is my motivation for starting my YouTube channel was I want my grandkids and my great-grandkids to know who I am and what I stood for and what I was about. So he's like, all of the information that I'm actually recording is just to have a historical archive that'll always be there Well, you know, 50 years from now, they can go, oh, you want to know about your grandfather? Here's what he, oh, your great-grandfather, here's what he stood for. Here's some of the things that he talked about. Because it is a repository that essentially lives forever, if you really think about it. It's kind of evergreen. And I thought it was fascinating because he's not looking at it for the money or to grow subscribers. It really is just his way of chronicling himself and what he's about. And that's the platform he's chosen to to place it on. So I thought that was very, very fascinating to, to and, see that. And you know what, as, as parents and as children, sometimes we find out about our parents doing things that are so positive through rumor. Like then, or somebody said, oh yeah, I knew you're, I was someplace two years ago and then I met somebody that went to Lamar University and he was in my dad's fraternity and he was like, oh yeah, your dad was one of the, I was like, what? <laughs> you know, yeah. things that our parents never share because we're children, right? Especially our generation. They thought that, you know, their business, they didn't really, interact and share a whole bunch of stuff with us about their pre you know brian pre vince pre chris life right pre your life but you hear things about your parents that from other people you're like how can we didn't tell me this but as now we parents we can do better godparents you know we can do better and document these things like you said the gentleman you met is doing so mm -hmm. our kids and grandkids won't hear through the grapevine that you did something great you know, you'll they'll be able, you'll have things that you think they would ask if they knew about it. You'll have it all recorded, and that's cool. Yeah. No, I thought that was a very interesting uh, thing that he chose to do. So, Vince, I want to come to you because uh, I have a, a follow-on question for you as well. And we've talked about this offline before about uh, essentially the gap between um, where you can be sometimes from a what is expected of you standpoint because of cultural things, family things, et cetera, and then what you really feel you want for yourself and the direction that you want to go. So with that being kind of the, the delta that's there between those two sides, what has been your experience and what advice would you give someone who maybe is in that space of just trying to figure out, yeah, I know my family really wants me to do this, or this is a circle we've, we've been in before, but I really want to go this route. What 
can you share to kind of help move them forward just from a mindset standpoint so that they can be open, grow, and, and, and take that challenge on? Because it can be very challenging to, as they say, become that black sheep and, and move yourself forward. You know, as I think we all go through this evolution ourselves individually, and Chris talks about this a lot too, and that's why we all enjoy each other's company. Um, you know, it's it's the self-sabotage piece that really affects us all. And it's tied to our mindset. It's tied to our upbringing. It's tied to how supportive of environment you grew up in, um, both in the home and in the school. You know, that that's that's the part where you know, at the end of the day, you know, one's ability to believe truly believe that they are the masters of their own destiny and shape that. That's that's something that I think we all aspire to hold. And, um, you know, that's everything. So as it comes to the idea of, you know, things that we can do, well, you know, the first and foremost is, is you know, I wouldn't say positivity is the complete narrative, but it's having gratitude and looking at, at all the things that are going right. And then you know, to shift it and change it to something that's different from it has been our present day, you know, change happens on, on little increments. And you know, so a lot of it's based on what we have as habits within our lives. So the little things, that's the hardest part of it because, you know, whether it's, adding meditation into your life to, to reduce, you know, and, and be more um, calm and, and whatnot, or to journal, to have more self-reflection so that you can kind of see that change, note that change, um, and really have that communication with your inner self. And then, of course, you know, there's the bigger, broader picture, which is, you know, intention is everything. You know, without intention, you can't change who you aspire to be. Um, and then my final thing is, you know, once you, once you're already thinking about this and you're doing this, you're already moving towards it. So when people say, "Oh, I will be," well, you're already doing it. If you're already working on it, and thinking about it, you're already on your path. And so recognize that the, you're you're growing just because you're not in you're you're losing that sense of fear. And losing that sense of, um, oh, I can't do that. I won't do that. I'll never aspire to be that. So just be kind to yourselves. Yeah, agreed. So I have a final question for, uh, and I'm going to throw it to each of you. I'll start coming to you, Chris, here in just a second. And I'll tell you, and eventually kind of skirted just a little bit when you were talking about, you know, the, the, the negative mindset or the positive mindset and where you are with that. But what I want to talk more specifically about is, optimism versus pessimism, uh, you know, so being a pessimist versus being an optimist and how that also plays into this and, and, you know, why it's relevant. But more importantly, if you do find yourself on that side of the fence of being more of a pessimist than an optimist, what are some of the things, A, that you can do to start to shift that, to get yourself on the other side? Because I honestly believe, uh, and this is you know, just from my chair and my perspective, to be a growth mindset type person to be strong in mindset that it can't be done and also be a pessimist at the same time. I think those two things are just contrary and how they're structured. So 
step one of one is awareness. And then step two would be, how do I start to transition myself from the pessimistic side of things to be more optimistic? So Chris, I'll come to you first and have you share, you know, what, what your experiences and what your thoughts are about optimism versus pessimism. I'll start out with the, to address the, the, the elephant in the room where optimism is everything. Pessimism, pessimism is a, is a life killer. Um, I tend to operate on the optimistic side of the world, even when things are looking somewhat dire. Um, the thing that, and I think that's, it's, I think my optimism is wrapped in hope. So I'm, that is one thing that my, my grandparents, we'll go back to my grandparents, what they instilled hope in me. Now, I'm a child of the 60s. Um, so, you know, we were, that was a very, it was an odd age because we were, we were trying to progress out of the, the you know, we were trying to progress out of the 50, 40s and 50s. And we were, it was almost like coming into this new age and new era. And I watched my grandparents make moves and they're you know they're southern people you know my grandparents are from tennessee you know and obviously if you know the you know the black history um uh southerners migrated to the north for more opportunity so my life has been draped in the idea of that, that there's always opportunity out there but it's it, it it's on you to push that envelope or discover it is you know what your love or what your passion is um I genuinely am a person that tries to stay away from that pessimistic side of, of the fence, because to be honest with you, it just promotes you spinning your wheels. It promotes you driving down dead end roads. Um, and there's really, you know, we go back that you, you go back to the, you know, I mentioned earlier about dreams. Uh, pessimism is a dream killer. Let's, let's be clear on that. Um, and you know, the, the thing for me is, I mean, you know, it's funny where I always feel like I'm the test case here because I'm, I'm, I'm in this state of, you know, the state of continued evolution is what I believe that I'm going through right now. And I'm, I'm truly starting to embrace it because um, it's, it's your reality. You can either run from your reality or you, you can accept some of your reality. And I'm at that point. It's believe me, they're they're rough days. You know, I have I wake up some mornings and it's tough to get going. I've mentioned that I've had conversations about it. And the thing that helps me out the most is, is just being to being able to admit where I am. You know, I, Brian, you, you, you like I said, Vinny, you're, you're, you've been, you've been a great friend over these last few years. Brian, you know me 25 years. You, you see me at my best. You see me at some of my worst. And the thing that, that, that provides comfort for me is knowing that I have a brother in arms who is not going to judge me, you know, and it's going to tell me, you're going to add in things where, you know, add in your little nuggets of wisdom here and there. Uh, it's typically, which I think we all need, you, you know, like I said, it's back to the, it was, it's back to what kind of support system you have. Um, believe me, when I admit to certain things, like with, let's just use you, Brian, as that example, when I admit to you certain things, I go through a little point, there's a little bit of a point, a gap where I'm like, do I want to keep this to myself or do I want to share this and, 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 and basically release myself? Cause the more I hold it in, the more I make myself, I'm a prisoner of my own moment. And I think there are a lot of people out there to become a prisoner of their, a prisoner of their own moment. 
and they really just take out any bit of optimism you can have in your life because I think optimism makes the world go. Obviously, you have to put the effort in in whatever it is we're talking about. But the reality point is there needs to be a little bit of optimism, um, some kindness, some grace with yourself. And those are the things that I'm learning more and more how to be okay with. You know, this is where the mindset part of the equation really plays in. It's not my skills. I can learn. Trust me, I'm doing a, I started read Brian, you and I were talking about that the other day. I started recently, and Vinny, obviously you know about this. I started doing some continuing ed modules through the LinkedIn has a higher education program. And I find it very wonderful because it's, it's a, um, it's almost like a, a, a collegiate experience, but you're really hitting all the cliff notes and you're and it's, and you're accelerating it. And I think for me, as I, as I shared with you the other day, Brian, this is really helping me to foster where I'm looking to be in the next, next year, let's just say next year. Um, so I've been taking a lot of, you know, I, I grew, when I went to school, it was all about business, business management. So now I've kind of, you know, we've been through the tech hopper. I've doing, been doing all the, you know, I've been fortunate that I've been in, uh, I've been very fortunate. I've been in six or seven industries over the course of my professional career. So you get to see a lot of different, um, vantage points in, in the world of commerce. But now I'm like, let me zero back in on what it is that I'm kind who I kind of am in a certain respect, which is I'm a manager of sorts. So I don't want to pigeonhole myself and say, well, I'm just a project manager. I'm just a this, I'm just a that. I'm a manager of all things. So, and that play, that just goes across the whole platform of your life, whether you're managing personal situations or whether you're managing professional situations, it's still about managing them and understanding that you, that, that hat never goes, you never, I never take that hat off, you know, in, in your travels. So it's really about managing it and actually being able to put your hand on it to hopefully give it a greater outcome. Chris, thanks for sharing that. And that's true. The, it, it is about managing, um, whether it's personal or professional, it, you are, it's a lot of the skills are transferable on both sides of that fence. Erica, I'll come to you next. What can you share uh, based on your your experiences and obviously being a, a generationally running a business, you know, that, that you've had to work through and, and all of that, just from a optimism versus pessimism and, and how important that's, that's been in your life? Similar to Chris, I think on the out, just kind of outside looking at me, I think I appear to be just a generally optimistic person. So uh, that's not always true, though. I do have those moments of um, sadness, and sometimes sadness for no real reason, right? That, that pessimism sinks in. So what do you do to really shift uh, from the, pessimist, the pessimism setting in to actually kind of turning your day around, a lot of it is just really knowing what is the truth and not letting your mind take over, um, not letting that pessimism take over your day, take over your moment. Because uh, sometimes you'll have just a brilliant win. And if you let the pessimism set in, that can really ruin the occasion. So reminding yourself to stay present 
because what's present is what's true. Um, and that helps dictate um, the fact that you're not going to be worrying as much. Because lots of times, remember, our worries are coming from stuff that's not even happening, that hadn't happened. You know, it's that's not going to happen. And that and those type of worries brings on will bring on those imaginary concerns will bring on the pessimism that really could ruin your moment. Because you'll, you'll hear about people, successful people having a highlight, right? But for whatever reason, they couldn't enjoy and be present in that moment because they allowed um, imagined things to set in and ruin that. So how do you shift? I think the first thing is look at the present. Look at what is actually true right now. And then that's where you start. Very, very true. Thanks for sharing. And I think that's a key component. Uh, Vince, I'll come to you and share a little bit from your from your chair, just what your experiences have been and your views and what you think the audience could benefit from learning how to transition from that pessimistic space to over to be more optimistic. It's, it's interesting hearing you guys all talk about this and, and think about, you know, I think I think we all resonate pretty well on being more positive and opportunistic and um, and just hold the belief that um, we just enjoy life, enjoy things too. But but you're right, it's, it's um, I was thinking about more of a, what it, if there's only this and that, you know, what is being more of a realistic kind of a realist, you know, the, the whole middle ground be and where you can kind of live in many worlds and depending on what it is. And I was thinking about how as I get older, um, and many of us do, you know, your, your beliefs, your changes evolve once you've, you know, I'm, I'm just going over that hump, that midlife component of it too. So I'm realizing that I have my own transformation and, you know, it was, it was tough for me. So, so definitely between both sides, I was evolving and thinking, okay. And it wasn't until I was just like, okay, you know, I, I had this in my, in my quarter life and someone was like, oh, you're going through a quarter life crisis. It was called, I was like, what is that? And I had to read a book on that. And then uh, now I'm going through my midlife and instead of calling it a crisis, my buddy was like, oh, it's a transformation. I'm like, okay, I like that a lot. So, you know, in the day, it's, it's, uh, I think a lot of folks talk about this and ask, you know, well, what, what gets you up in the morning? You know, what, what motivates you? What do you live for? Um, you know, and, and having that as your center, you know, in, in entrepreneurship, we call it the North Star, having that as being your key. And, and then obviously thinking about what are those short term wins or the things you want to work on, um, personally, professionally, whatever. Um, I think going back to another component too, the, the internal dialogue that we all have within ourselves around that um, positive or negative mindset, that's, that's, the, that's the muscle and that's the piece that we really have to start looking at. And when we get caught up or when that encroaches into our thoughts, um, you know, in, in attachment theory, they call it protest behavior. So when we hear that protest behavior, you know, for us to change that or shift that, it's about noticing, okay, there's, there's something that's my internal programming is telling me 
um, to be careful, to fear, to, uh, to, to protect yourself, right? It's a whole fight or flight mechanism. That's the piece where, you know, if we adopt a habit like, okay, well, what, a, what is the positive? What is, what is good about this? And you, you negate it. And, I, and what was it? Someone said, you know, for every negative thought, you need to put in five positive thoughts. And that's, that's how you do it. You know, you start looking at, so you start dispelling all that programming and that negativity in you and, you know, you start doing it once and twice and you keep doing it and you put a little journal on it and you have friends that keep yourself accountable as sounding boards, uh, find a therapist, like therapists are the best, you know, if you don't like them, you fire them and change it up. <laughs> so be kind to yourself. Thanks for sharing. No, that's, that's some great advice. And, uh, I think the key that I'm hearing that events is to own a you own it so take ownership of it and then be you know take some action right i mean whatever that action looks like for you that makes sense um and know that you are purposefully doing something about it uh with intent i think that that's what's important uh so kind of come to this part of the the episode where we're going to get into final thoughts and you know, we'll have you guys share your final thoughts and kind of what you'd like the audience to take away from what we've shared today. So for me, uh, and I'll, I'll go first, um, I want to talk about authenticity, you know, and I think, and, and the reason I think that's very important when we talk about mindset and growth mindset is how authentic are you being to yourself and for yourself, right? And, and figuring out what that is and what that looks like and why that's important and putting whatever work needs to go into that piece of it to be authentic. Because in some ways that, that almost gives you a suit of armor. So it, it doesn't really matter what, how you may be judged or how you may be seen and, and all these other things because you are approaching life and you are living life and you are going about doing the things that you see are relevant and important to you from an authentic standpoint. And I think that's a very important piece of it. So being authentic, and I think that's one of the things that can help lead you from a transformative standpoint. So if you wanna transform or evolve or grow yourself in a certain direction, I think authenticity is, is an important piece of it. So definitely wrap yourself in that, understand what authenticity is all about and uh, make that uh, an essential part of your journey and your growth and and obviously your mindset is is being authentic to yourself so that said uh, i'm going to come to chris and eric and then vince i'll let you close us out for today so chris what will your final thoughts be that you'd like to share with our, our folks well one of the things that i really enjoyed about today was and it and i it's uh i, I tapped into it I was doing my research last night and then of course I got up this morning and I'm sleepy and trying to figure this thing out, you know, with, cause my coffee hasn't kicked in yet, but, uh, the idea of the mindset versus the skill set. Um, I'm a mindset guy. I do have a ton of skills, but my skills are always evolving, but even more importantly, my mindset is always evolving. Uh, some of the things when I was doing my research, I saw were, uh, some of the components of mindset and of, and the funny part when I looked at this, it was looking at the idea of what employers look for in employees or potential employees. Right. So some of the things that they were looking at were uh, commitment, obviously, uh, honestly, trustworthiness, adaptability, uh, accountability and flexibility. Now, those all speak to me. Uh, they do. But now some of the things that 
the 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 top the top uh the top attribute for me was the commitment the honesty and the flexibility as well as the accountability so those are the things that i try to espouse in my everyday travels when i'm dealing like i said whether i'm dealing on some with somebody on a personal level or whether i'm dealing with somebody on a professional level i i don't think it matters which one of those things we're talking about they all play a major part in how you move one thing that i've really really wanted that i really desire when people look at me and like i said this is both sides of the fence as people look at me and say like me or not he's consistent the messaging is consistent i do that with my kids i do that with the people i love i want to you know like i said I, you know sometimes you got to be the you have to deliver the bad news sometimes but if it's done in a manner that's consistent in how you operate how you speak how you handle people then i think you get understood even through difficult times of people not wanting you know because you, you know we all have a pushback and like well you just said that to me yes i did but if you understand me and understand know me it's def the intention is never malicious it's never malicious i i, I you i i think we all have that in us but you you gotta you gotta go you gotta really get to the dark side with me before i become malicious with you you know it's just it takes a lot that's that actually borders on being vengeful but I just think that the, the overarching message for, for me is be consistent, be consistent in everything you do. It will serve you and translate through your life. Um, I'm trying to reach for, I'm trying to reach for some things that have been close and have been near my grasp, but I just didn't, I didn't accomplish the mission. We didn't get the mission accomplished as, as desired. And you know, I, I, I'll, I'll close with this, you know, because like I said, we talked about the belief system and how you were wired and conditioned. I'm at a point now with some of the things that we're working on, uh, working on individually as working on, working on as a collective, my overarching is why not me? Why not me? I, you know, I, I struggle with this. Just, I struggle with the phrase of I'm deserving. That is the one thing I struggle with. And here's the, the crazy part is, down deep in my soul, I know I'm deserving. You know, I'm one of God's children. Like I said, my intention is always for good. You know, it's I'm not, I'm not a super selfish person, but like I said, I struggle with deserving, being deserving. But at the end of the day, if I'm in a room by myself, I'm deserving. I'm just deserving as, I'm just as deserving as the next man. I'm going to close with one last thing. I, I read yeah. something the other day and I, and it's been stuck in my mind. It's, it said something to the effect of comfort zones are beautiful places, but nothing grows there. Nothing grows there. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. And with that, I'll yield my time. <laughs> <laughs> so Erica, what about you? Final thoughts. What would you like to share with uh, our audience as we wrap up for today? Yep, talking about mindset, uh, number one, protect your mind. Protect what you pour into your mind and protect what others try to impose on your mind. So that's those are my final thoughts for the day. Protect your mind. That's the first step in protecting 
or shifting a mindset. Excellent. Yeah, that's that's great advice, too, because others, as we know, will try to pour a lot into your mind and your mindset if you allow it. So that's that's sage, sage advice for sure. Vince, what about you? What are your final thoughts for today? Mm, I have so many. Um, I think one one really timely conversation I was having, which is part of my final thoughts, is talking to a friend uh, around how we view our ability to control situations and and what that means. And I believe that a lot of that ties into that mindset. And it's one's belief of what they can control, they will control, and they might control. And it's interesting because when I was talking to this individual and saying, you know, sometimes when you are overly prepared or, or overly um, structured or whatnot, yeah, it's, my, it's my view that it could be a sign of or a lot of things based on insecurities because the two go hand in hand. And, and that kind of that ability for one to be okay with change and be okay with the universe allowing us to go into a different path to what we had planned or hoped to. That's all tied into that growth mindset. And one's enjoyment of being in that uncomfortable space has been something that um, I'm, I'm growing into. It's something that, you know, it's a silly analogy, but you can think about when you're, when you have the awkward silence and, and, um, or, Maybe when you're giving a presentation, it's like quiet or whatnot. You know, take that and and enjoy the awkwardness and and just sit in it. And you know, there's there's so much value in that, both for all. Um, the same thing goes too when you feel like you are, you know, spiraling or have that negativity. You know, just pause and recognize it and just sit with it. Not to the not to find a solution or, or you know, tell yourself, oh, this is wrong or whatnot. It's just, it's not the point. The point is to just be there, be present and uh, make a note and say, I'll come back to this. And, um, and you'll see a trend that it'll come up more and more and more. And as you see this, you'll have more insights, but it's not gonna be something you're gonna fix today or tomorrow, but it might take years or a lifetime. Thanks for sharing that. Well, guys, uh, this. This has been a great episode today. I think we've shared a lot of great insight as to the value and the importance of mindset. And as Erica said, protecting it is one piece. Continuing to evolve it is another piece. Chris mentioned about you know comfort zone um, and nothing grows there. So pushing yourself out of those areas. And, you know, Vince, as you just talked about there at the end, uh, just the importance of uh, knowing who you are and what you're about and and standing for that uh, and, and moving yourself forward. So I want to thank each and every one of you, our audience. Thank you for joining and watching. And uh, we'll definitely see you guys next time. Until then, take care. Take care of each other. And uh, we'll see you soon. Bye now.